What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Bash Brothers Sports Podcast. I am your host, Connor Chandler. This is my co-host, Jordan Harris. And we are the Bash Brothers, the only podcast where it's just like sitting back with your friends, talking sports, life, and everything in between. And we got to start off this episode by telling you guys thank you. The support and the love that you guys have shown us over the past week after episode two dropped, we dropped our Facebook, we dropped our Twitter, and the feedback has just been phenomenal, and we just want to say thank you guys. Absolutely. I mean, thank all of you for your follows, your likes, the ones who've reached out to us directly to tell us how much you'd like the show. We, we, we really do appreciate it. We definitely feel the love. Yeah. Ultimately, this is just something we've been doing for years, just for fun, and now we're doing it also still for fun. We're just recording it, so the love has been really nice. But now, we got to talk business. So week 11 of COVID football, excuse me, college football, <laughs> is now in the books. Yep. We had 15 cancellations, yep. 15 games that were supposed to be played that literally never saw the light of day. And the week was still, it wasn't necessarily a great week in college football, nah. but anytime you get to sit down and watch college football is nice. I agree, I agree. It's just, you know, it's one of the things like we talked about last week. This week was already lackluster in a way. You know, oh, yeah. We didn't have a bunch of big name games and really and truly... The ones I think that we really wanted to see all got canceled. Of course, our dogs didn't get to play. Mm -hmm. That was a heartbreak. We were hoping to see another quarterback and see what happened there. And, of course, we got to wait another week to find that out. Yeah. Uh, one of our pick games, Alabama-LSU, that got canceled. Ohio State, big game. That It wasn't really a big game, but you know right. what I mean. It's Ohio State. So Well, and see, that, that I think is the main talking point because of COVID is these teams need opportunities to mm -hmm. show what they have. Hats off to SEC and to the you know the Big Twelve and the ACC, we have a chance to miss games and make them up. Right. The Big Ten and the Pac Twelve has already admitted if a game gets canceled, yep. that's it. Yep. So I mean, you you look at somebody like Wisconsin who's missed three football games, your sample size, it's just your resume, it just won't be able to speak as loud. It yep. wouldn't be able to compare to somebody who played you know ten right. SEC games, anyways. But man, you talk about taking a hit, and and you hate it for the guys. You know, you work right. your whole life to get to the spot that you're in now. And, you know, it sadly is just kind of the world we're living in. You know, and I agree with that. And the thing about it is, you know, Wisconsin are now sitting at 13, so it's obviously affecting them a little more because they have a larger gap to cover. And granted, they look really good against Michigan this week. Yeah, they did. Somebody like Bama, Ohio State, which Bama's getting postponed, but Ohio State, they're getting their game canceled. I mean, they're already in the playoff running. You know what I mean? Like, as long as they don't lose, right. they're fine. And even if they do lose, realistically, they probably are still in the in the running. Yes. So, and those two teams have a chance to play. Ohio State and Wisconsin, in yep. some form or fashion, will get to play. So, you know, we'll yep. be looking forward to seeing that. But yep. now, let's talk about the games we did get to see. Because yep. there were a couple football games, a couple interesting storylines. Yep. Let's start it off with the old Bass Brothers Week in Review. And we, we've literally, I feel like we say this every single week. What is Harbaugh doing? Let's go on the hot seat and join old Jim Gosh. Harbaugh. How's he feeling? He's, I mean, he's feeling it right now. I mean, you literally just got blasted by Wisconsin. And granted, Wisconsin is clearly a better football team on paper than Michigan. But they missed three weeks. You're on your hot seat. And, you know, for Michigan, it's going to definitely be a little harder to get rid of Harbaugh because, I mean, Harbaugh's a big brand. Harbaugh's a big name. He did very well in San Francisco for many years. And now, obviously, went down the college level, started out pretty good career, I'd say, at Michigan. And, you know, this year, it's just it's tapered off hard. Yeah, besides those rivals, the Michigan States and Ohio States of the world, 
he has done a pretty, you know, solid job. I mean, obviously, they like to give him a three-year window to get in their recruits in there and right. kind of get your ideal program started. He really just, you know, he has not done everything. I mean, obviously, no. they were they're they're looking they're looking for his job right now. Oh, yeah. He's got one year left on the contract. You know, I don't know his buyout. I don't know any of the. You know, you don't know what you don't know. Right. But at the end of the day, the fan base is clearly not happy. Yeah. And, and like we said last week, you go where the money goes. And if the fans are speaking volumes, you hear it. And you know, I think honestly, I mean, it's not for me to say necessarily. Like you said, we don't know. We don't know. I do think that at the end of the season, they're going to be looking for a new coach. And the thing about it is, this season, we've seen not just one Big Ten team mm-hmm. kind of get a coach on the hot seat, but we have another one. Let's stay there. That, that, you know, I mean, Penn State. James Franklin. I mean, you know, that, and again, it comes down to you have that last-minute win with Indiana where they won on a controversial play. They played Ohio State. Granted, Ohio State's the better team there, but they've lost again to Nebraska, and honestly, a team they should have probably beat. Yeah, I agree. And and see, this this year will have to be looked at through a special lens in saying that it is, you know, it's COVID-19. Right. It's COVID football season, like 100%. And it, it, you have to look at because, you know, James Franklin is different from Harbaugh in that he has found great success in the past couple of years. Sorry, I had to work that in there. I feel you. I feel he, you. he has found very he, – he's done well in that program. Yeah. I don't think anybody expected them to be where they're at today without a single win. Oh, yeah. I mean, battle the unbeatens, oh, yeah. and Nebraska didn't just beat them. I mean, don't get me wrong, Penn State kind of tried to mount the comeback there at the end, but Nebraska yeah. Nebraska jumped on them early and often, oh, yeah. and that yeah. was what it was. I don't necessarily know – if I would put James in the hot seat category just yet, because, mm-hmm. you know, one bad year happens. You know, yeah. people have bad years. Look oh, at yeah. Saban's first year at Alabama. People didn't jump on him. Now they got, you know, six national national championships out of his run. But, you know, run. here's where it's at for me, right? I mean, recruiting recruiting's year to year. So, I mean, you know, you can have a down year in recruiting even if you're a great coach. I mean, I think with even us this year, you know, we're seeing a little taper off with the quarterback situation and all that. But – Kirby's still a top 15 team. He's got Georgia playing at a top 15 level, if not better. Penn State went from, you know, probably number two in the Big Ten behind Ohio State to they're not even in the conversation right now. Yeah, they're not. They're not at all. And, again, you'll have to just kind of sit back. Maybe, you know, two years from now we're looking back and going, dang, remember that year Penn State started 0-4? And and now look at them. They're right back in the discussion. And maybe, you know, COVID-19 plays a role and everything's – you know, sunshine and rainbows after that, but we'll just have to we'll just have to keep watching. Yeah. Another coach that I think is is definitely on the hot seat. Let's go to the SEC. Right. Let's look at the old South Carolina Gamecocks. Will Muschamp, just honestly a tough oh man, just a tough season that he's having there. Yeah, and you literally have the crowd chanting. What little bit of the crowd there is in the stadium chanting "Fire Muschamp." I agree. And they're already saying, you know. You, you get him out, then, you know, you have the offensive coordinator step in and Mike Bobo, and maybe he takes over as the intern while they find somebody. Hey, he was a solid head coach at Colorado State. Right. Maybe he takes over completely. But, man, you gotta hate, you hate to see what you're, what you're seeing there. But, you know, in my mind, and granted, like, I don't, I don't think Muschamp's a bad coach. I think he's proven to be a, a great defensive coordinator. But – it's like, how many chances do you give the guy? You know what I mean? Florida, he was very lackluster at Florida. We were hearing the same chance yeah. at Florida. 
and now he's going to South Carolina. Granted, you know, he realistically, without that win at Georgia last year, was probably on the hot seat last year. Yeah. But, I mean, you get absolutely shellacked by Texas A&M last week, Mm -hmm. this week. I mean, you scored a lot of points against Ole Miss, but Ole Miss beat you pretty well, too. I mean, they scored a lot of points on you. And the thing about it is, as a defensive-minded coach, you sit around and give up that many points to Ole Miss, people got to be looking at you like... Yeah, I think he's sitting on a ticking clock. I really do think he is. But speaking of that South Carolina game, did you see that Shia Smith one-handed catch? I did not, I don't think. Oh I think that was when I kind of... Oh, my gosh. Which nobody's going to deny that kid's a freak. That might be catching... I mean, for me, that's catch of the year so far. Yeah. And, you know, fast forward a couple a couple months, that might be catch of the year in general. Mm-hmm. But I got a hot take for you. Give, and I want you. And I want you to debate me if you disagree, okay. but... I'm just gonna go ahead and say it, everybody. I want you to just come in real close. I just want you to to, to, to just to just feel what I'm about to say. You know, don't overreact. I'll explain myself. But hot take right here. Mm-hmm. Pac 12s out of the playoff. <laughs> I gotta I say can't. it. I'm I'm looking at the playoff landscape right now, and I think coming into the season, you said Oregon and USC are your the two heads of that conference, right? right? And best case scenario with the way this season has panned out with COVID-19, you you almost have to have, with them only playing six to seven ball games, you have to have two undefeated, good-looking Pac-12 teams and then have them square off in a Pac-12 title game. You have an Oregon team who still looks strong, and, and they've only played two games, so they got a lot of growth to do, understanding I don't know if they're going to even have time to do that with a little bit of football they're going to be allowed to play. I mean, let's just hope they get the that every game they're supposed to play and one of them don't get canceled. Then you have a USC team who's struggling to beat Arizona, and they're supposed to be the rival there. I mean, don't get me wrong, Colorado looks pretty good. They're playing good football. Mm-hmm. Maybe they emerge... I just cannot see right now, and, and let's put all our eggs in the Oregon basket. That's what that's what they have to do. Hmm. I can't see an Oregon team looking impressive enough and then having somebody to beat in the championship game that goes, wow, did you see what they did? They're definitely better than a 9-1 Texas A&M team. There's just no – I mean, maybe the, the committee says, oh, this is just fair and that's your argument, but I'm sorry. Pac-12, I love you. Got a lot of love for you, but if but if they're asking my opinion, you're on the outside looking in. I'm going to disagree with you to that extreme. Now, granted, do I think Oregon's going to slide up in the college football playoff DMs and just get a hay back? No, I don't. Get a hay back. I like that. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is they've won the last two weeks fairly handedly. I mean, you know, Washington State kind of gave them a run, but, I mean, ultimately they've won the game well. And right. I mean, like, I see a very real opportunity here for them to go 6-0 and with a conference championship. So, 7-0. and And, I mean, I, I'm not saying they don't need stuff to happen. They do. I mean, I don't think they're going to just go 7-0 and and then just get on up in there. I mean, you have a Cincinnati team right there that's still kind of, I mean, you know, we see them undefeated and they're still outside looking in even with one-loss teams. So, I don't think necessarily that they're completely out. But I do think that they have to have something happen for them to help them get in. Okay, let me ask you, let me paint you a picture. Here. Okay, let's say they go on to play, you know, let's Team X in the Pac-12 title game, and that team is not undefeated. They mm-hmm. have one loss. So okay. let's say they, I think they believe, I believe they play six games. So let's say they're five and one, Oregon six and zero, oh, and they beat them by, let's give them seven. 
you think they deserve to go to a playoff, assuming there's even a spot available, over, for argument's sake, let's stick with Texas A&M. Now, are you, re- are you referring to one-loss team beats Oregon or Oregon? No, no, them? Oregon ha- – yeah, if, if, you can't have a one-loss Pac-12 team. They're out. If you're telling okay, me – Okay, yeah, I got what you're saying. So, undefeated. I think it's dependent, right? Does Oregon move up enough spots to get themselves in that position? I think if at the end of the year, college football playoff committee has moved Oregon, like, say, up to six. So you have Texas A&M one loss at five, Oregon at six. I think an undefeated Pac-12 champion would jump Texas A&M in that situation. Now, granted, if they're back, you know, back ten, you know, they're eight or nine, I don't think they're going to move up that far enough to get to number four. But I think if they're in that position, last two teams out, I think an undefeated Oregon winning the Pac-12 championship gets in over Texas A&M. All right. I mean, I, I completely see your point, and it'll be interesting to see how the the committee, you know, they love to call it the data point, that 13th data point of a normal season of a title game. They will have that. Assuming right. that, the, that the pitcher we're talking about takes hold, they will have that extra data point, and it will be interesting to see if the commi- committee gives credence to that yeah. or if they say – Sorry, you only played this many ball games, and and just adding this in here, I think we've seen in the past how much one loss affects can affect a team, right? I mean, you know, what was it, fifteen? I believe it was when Penn State was two loss Big Ten championship, they let Ohio State in ahead of them. They left them out. So we see how much one loss can affect the committee's decision, especially. I mean, you know, at a at a conference championship in there. And undefeated Oregon looks fairly good over a one-loss team, I yeah. think. Yeah. We'll see how it shakes out. But speaking of playoff pitcher, let's introduce the next segment. We're going to do the playoff pitcher. Let's do it. I'll say my my top four in order and my first two out. You'll do the same. And then right. let's just kind of see where it goes. We have not pre-discussed this. So Jordan prepared his. I prepared mine. And let's see how they look. I'm guessing they'll probably be the same or maybe one or two spots different. But I'm going to start it off at number one, mm-hmm. Alabama. Okay. Very comfortable with that. I would go number two. Notre Dame, I believe Notre Dame, aside from Trevor Lawrence being out, has either the best or second best win of the college football season beating Clemson. I might still put Alabama above that in terms of beating Georgia, but that win's a little bit diminished now that Florida has also. I would then, at number three, put undefeated Ohio State. They look great. They're taking care of business. They're doing what they're supposed to do. Continue that. They'll be in the playoff. And then i got to go number four, Clemson. Again, one loss to Notre Dame, an away game, without the greatest college football player at the moment. I'm comfortable leaving them at four. My number five, got to give the nod to Texas A&M at this moment. They own the head-to-head matchup versus Florida, even though Florida has looked fantastic. Florida's offense and Kyle Trask, video game numbers, they're playing insanely well. But Texas A&M owns the head-to-head matchup. So i got to go Texas A&M at five. I'll go Florida at six. Don't worry, Florida fans. You will have every opportunity to throw your name, to, to be one of the dogs eating at that one bowl. So just to recap, I got Bama at number one. I got Notre Dame at two. I got Ohio State at three. Number four, I got Clemson. And the next two out in order, Texas A&M and Florida. So for me, top four is going to look very similar to yours. I do want to swap Ohio State and Notre Dame. I think Ohio State is the better team. Notre Dame gets the nod this week just because Ohio State didn't get to play. And granted, Notre Dame does have the better win with Clemson, but I still think that Ohio State is the better team in that in that scenario. Okay. So now here's where we're going to differ, like Uh-oh. be a little different. Drop a bomb on us. I'm going to drop a bomb. Cincinnati. 
No, uh, okay. not at all. I still don't <laughs> think their strength of schedule is going to play into their college football playoff host. Okay. But anyway, we're going to talk about that in a minute, too. Okay. I'm going to go Florida at five okay. and Texas A&M at six. Oh, hey. Here's the reason why. Okay. Texas A&M won a very close game against Florida. Very close. They did. In my opinion, if you play that game nine more times, Florida takes the vast majority of it. Okay. Because... And don't get me wrong here, Kellen Mond is having a great season at Texas A&M, but Kyle Trask is putting up gaudy numbers. Yeah. Like, he is absolutely destroying everything. And, I mean, compare him to Joe Burrow. I mean, like, and you can even say it as, like, you know, to me, 18 Joe Burrow and uh, 19 Kyle Trask are very similar. I mean, they're great quarterbacks. They look good. They're not world beaters. They come in the next year, and they're looking like maybe number one. I mean, Joe Burrow obviously was number one. Kyle Trask was like, he could compete with Trevor Lawrence for the number one pick. I think he'll right now, if he keeps like playing like he is, he's top five at least. Yeah, I can see that. And, I mean, he's ultimately, he's, in my opinion, going to win the Heisman. So, I mean, to me, Kyle, with the play of Kyle Trask, I have to give number five to Florida. And, honestly, to me, if Florida had a better – core around trash, not necessarily offensive, but defensive, Yeah, you're talking about a legitimate college football playoff contender here, like to win the whole thing. Now, granted, I don't think they're going to get past Bama necessarily, but I got to give the nod to Florida over um, Texas A&M here. Dang. Okay, so you're saying that the eye test literally will, for you, trump yeah. the head-to-head. So Texas A&M beat a team. And you're saying the eye test is what puts Florida over for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it this way, and this is gonna come up a little bit later when we get to our pick'em section. Okay. The quarterback play we have seen year in and year out is what can make or break a team. Mm-hmm. And to me, Kyle Trask is just that dude over Kellen Mond. Yeah. Like nothing against Mond. Like Mond's you know done great, but Kyle Trask right now is that guy. Yeah. I can, I mean I can see that. No, there's no doubt about it. Florida looks phenomenal. Their defense is not very good. Georgia and Arkansas both have what I would say middle-of-the-road offenses. You know, you're looking at maybe C-plus B offenses, right? And they did not struggle to score with Florida. They just couldn't stop Florida. Florida's offense is – I mean, you – you're hard pressed to say they're not the best offense in the country. Maybe yeah. they're, they're competing with Alabama, Mac Jones. They're lighting it up too. And there's a couple other people in that conversation. They're top five offense right, right now, easy. That that scenario of the com- competition between the head-to-head matchup and the eye test is always been a hot topic. It I mean, is. you're looking at. Oklahoma getting the nod last year against a Georgia, who I think the eye test says Georgia's a ten times better oh, team yeah. than Oklahoma was. Right. But in terms of exactly wins and losses come into play there, so that's interesting. And I, I completely see your argument. I completely yeah. see your point. For me, I still the two teams literally met on the field. They both threw their best punch. Texas A&M came out with the win on that day. That's yeah. why you play the game. But I, I do. I see your point, and yeah. I agree. If they replayed that game right now. Would I would I would I pick Florida? Hundred percent, I would. Right. But right now, for me, in terms of playoff pitcher, that's where they see it. It's gonna be interesting when they bring that college football playoff poll up and we actually see what they oh, think. Yes. But I cannot wait. I want to bring up a point that you just kind of you you said it kind of jokingly, but I want to bring it up. Cincinnati. 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 <laughs> we obviously saw Cincinnati run the score up on East Carolina. 
Yeah, like, we did. I mean, they did. And, you know. They Fake were, a punt on yeah. fourth in like yep. 12 in the fourth quarter with like three minutes left. And you're up 49 yeah. to 10 or something like that. And there was a conversation at the end of the game. You know, they the coaches didn't shake hands. Yeah. They had like kind of. And granted, you can only guess what they said. We don't know. They didn't have audio playing. But what's, we can our, only, what's our saying right there? You don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. But ultimately, I would have to assume that East Carolina took it to heart. Yeah, you know they, were, I mean? they probably weren't too excited about that. But to me. Like you're in this, you're in this conference together, and you kind of know where your teams stand compared to Power Five. And to me, if you're East Carolina, you're sitting there saying like, "Okay, Cincinnati has a legitimate shot on the outside looking in here." And if I'm Cincinnati's coach, I'm looking, saying like, "Look, dude, absolutely nothing personal here, but like, I have, we have a shot here, and I have to make this look good because they don't have a Georgia." Or a you know Tennessee or a whoever on their schedule anybody with a recognizable yeah, heavy name to make them look better so they're going to have to run the score up any chance they get in order to be able to have a shot yeah I mean I agree I would I would I would agree with that any Power Five conference opponent I mean it don't matter if it's bottom tier Big Ten SEC anybody any Power Five name that they could beat would strengthen their resume oh yeah. And yeah, I saw that. I saw that clip. I watched the whole. I think they had like a three minute conversation. I watched that whole thing. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm I'm in complete agreement with you on that. I think in that moment, you tell them, "Listen, bro, a, a non-power five has never even sniffed the playoff." Right. I mean, you know, some people have come close. You know, UCF literally still claims the Natty in like 2015 or whatever. I think it's 17. 17. Yeah. There you go. But. Yeah, you tell them, you go, listen, man, I, I'm sorry. It is nothing personal at all, but we have to look the best that we can. You know, if that means beating right. the, the fool out of everybody we play, yeah. it is what it is. But to me, to me, the argument they make, and, you know, UCF was saying this, and this was my argument the whole time they were they were claiming the natty. Schedule a Power 5 team. Schedule one. And UCF's argument was, well, they need to play us. No, that's not the case. If you think you're a college football playoff contender – why do they need like why do you why do they need to pay you like yeah, we true. don't we don't pay Tennessee to come play us or exactly. we don't pay you know Alabama to come play yeah. us it is we play each other because that's exactly. the way it is yeah. so if you think you have a shot at the playoffs schedule a power five team if you beat them I mean to me if you go undefeated and beat a power five team you have just you know the best shot that you could imagine that's so true but I will say this too I believe the playoff committee. To their detriment. I believe this is one of the bad parts about the playoff committee. They have shown to me that they are unwilling to forgive a loss against, you know, a good. You look at like when Oklahoma and, uh, and Ohio State played a couple years back, the infamous flag game where yeah. Baker Mayfield right. you know, plants the flag. They didn't forgive that. Even though they played late in the year, they would boost Ohio State because they did play the game. Right. But ultimately, they play that game. They don't play a cupcake that week right. like they maybe sh- possibly should have. There's the argument there. Yeah. And, you know, you still got like, you know, in a normal SEC season, we would play two cupcakes. Georgia yeah. would. Right. And you beat the fool out of them. Oh, yeah. Let's say you schedule, you know, uh, uh, we, we, we would have started this season with Virginia, and you lose by a point. Mm-hmm. I think that more negatively affects you than playing two cupcakes and doing what you're supposed to do and handling business. Yeah. So, for Cincinnati, listen, your schedule ain't going to change in the middle of the season. You know, this is a weird season, so it is possible. Anything's possible. But, because, you know, have you heard that they're trying to, like, they were talking with Ohio State, trying to, like, that That was the rumor out there. Again, you don't know what you don't right. know. But, 
which would have been awesome to see. You know, you'd love oh, yeah. to see that. That would be awesome to watch. But I mean, you're doing what you have to do right now. Your schedule ain't gonna change. You know what's you know you know who you're playing. Beat the fool out of them. Hope some people ahead of you lose. Maybe they'll throw you a bone to get to that ball at the end of the season. But yeah, that was a that was an interesting little little yeah. talk those guys had. Yeah. I'd love to be a fly on the old field for that one. Yeah. So. Oh, for sure. All right. Next segment. The old probably my favorite segment of the show. Old pick'em. Old pick'em. How'd you how'd your picks look this week? Well, you know, I mean, they were decent. Obviously, I had a hot take of one that didn't turn out, right. but you know. Well, let's talk about it. You so what? Jordan Traverson, he picked Michigan. So I picked uh, I picked Wisconsin. You picked Michigan. You thought that Wisconsin coming in after a three three week break and right. with you know Michigan. I mean, you, we say it every week. You think they're playing for Harbaugh's life? That maybe that'll put a chip on the old shoulder right. and give them some some motivation, but. I kind of let you explain what you were thinking. I mean, about. you know, t- so to me, it's like we're going to compare it to looking at a quarterback, whether right. it's, you know, a high school quarterback for a college or, you know, college recruit getting ready to go to the NFL. There's, there's things you can measure, right? I mean, speed, strength, arm accuracy. You can look at that and be like, this dude's got that. The measurables. The measurables. Yeah. What you can't necessarily measure is how does he command the line? How does he make play like shift plays in the middle of like a snap count? Yeah. What does he do there? The intangibles. The intangibles, as they call it. Yeah. And to me, that is what I was going off of. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. If this had been on our pick'em this week, I would have had to have gone with Wisconsin just for the sole purpose of their numbers were clearly better than yeah. Michigan. But when it comes down to it, I mean, it's – they missed three weeks of football. You're hoping those players kind of play out for hardball, like maybe try to save his job. And also, Michigan had nothing to lose. Yeah. Like, you go in and, and you're upset top 15 Wisconsin, you you could just kind of relish your season there. You know what I mean? Like, you, it was a bad season, but you beat a top 15 team that should have easily beat you. But it's Jones circa 2017, you yeah. all hops now. Literally yeah. saved a season on one incredibly lucky throw. Yep. So, I mean, you know, that's what I was going off of. Obviously didn't pan out. Wisconsin showed just how good of a football team they were. They, they beat the fool out of they them. They good, so. man. They really did. Which, I mean, again, you know – a lot of teams have looked really good against Michigan. Oh, yeah. But gosh darn, Wisconsin. Boy, the way they are running the football, they were pushing. They were winning the line of scrimmage every single play. Oh, they yeah. looked good. It'll be interesting to see how you know their season plays out, obviously, with them missing those three games. But. Yeah. It'll be, yeah. That's, yeah, that's a storyline we definitely got to continue to follow. All right, next game we picked was uh, LSU-Bama. Obviously, we yep. didn't get to see that. I think everybody in the world knows how that one would play out. Again, you don't know yep. until you play the game, but – you know, we weren't able to kind of see the outcome of that. We then picked Florida and Arkansas. Yep. We both went with Florida, but I really brought up the storyline there. And boy, did oh, yeah. did, uh, did ESPN push that storyline? That I mean, was that was what, and you have to sell I mean, views. Yeah, I mean. that's the that's the drama. Um, Arkansas, it kind of went the way I expected. Arkansas played really well. You know, they did score. They scored on right. Florida a good bit. They had a lot of opportunities, but Florida's offense is just. Too good. Oh, yeah. I mean, Florida's offense is absolutely dynamic. Again, I'm going to do something I really don't want to. I'm going to give Felipe Franks his props. The man played great. He came back to Florida. He came back to play Florida, and I mean, yeah. honestly, he played about as good as you could want him to. And also the factor of you know Sam Pittman sitting in his pool house watching oh, yeah. the game with oh, with yeah. a positive COVID test. So not having your head coach on the field definitely yeah. hurt. But but it comes down to 
Kyle Trask's a cheat code. Man, he is. Like, you just hit that square, square triangle circle in GTA <laughs> yeah, and got a tank. I mean, like, that dude is an absolute reference. cheat code. And, I mean, you know, he's... Con- continues the streak of four touchdown passes, and he had it by the second quarter, I believe. Yeah. I mean, dude's... A, I mean, it's going to be hard to beat Florida dude at this point. Dude is playing football. Yeah. That's kind of... that. That's... When, you know, David Pollock calls them dudes. For me, they're yep. playing football. And then that kid is playing yeah. football. And then we didn't pick this one on the show. No. But we just, so we both go five and three this week in our pick them. Yep. We had eight games we had to pick. We both go five and three. And this is one of the ones that we differed on. Virginia Tech, Miami. Right. So Jordan picked Miami. I picked Virginia Tech. Going into the week, uh, Virginia Tech was favored on the spread, which that's something I always look at. That yeah. tells you a lot about, you know, there are people out there who know a lot more than I do. Right. You know, it's just like that uh, that West Virginia game versus Texas. Was it Texas or Kansas State? Yeah, yeah. West Virginia, Kansas State. Kansas State's clearly the better football team. West Virginia's favored by like seven early yeah. in the week. You pick West Virginia because somebody knows something I don't, and West Virginia beats them by 21. Oh, yeah. So that was kind of where my – plus – that's a good matchup. I believe Derek King is playing really well for Miami. Right. I don't think Miami's defense is very good. I watched uh, Miami struggle against North Carolina State. I believe Virginia Tech is better than North Carolina State. Virginia Tech's at home. I went with Virginia Tech. They had two different drives in the last eight minutes, and all they needed was a field goal and couldn't even get in range. I went with Virginia Tech. I still I would pick that again. But I got to give it to Miami. They pull out the 25-24 win. And credit to you. Yeah. You picked it. I mean, honestly, for me, and, and like you said, Miami, in my opinion, they, they are a top 20 team. They're, I don't think there's a doubt about that. But they're not to that level of being elite yet. But it comes down to me, veteran quarterback and De'Eric King mm-hmm. versus a younger quarterback that uh, Virginia Tech has. I guess like Hooker. Hooper. Like Hooker. 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 That's yeah. his name, yeah. And it's just, I mean, you know, I got to – quarterbacks are huge for me. I got, I look at that because the thing, the fact of the matter is if somebody on your offense is going to make a mistake, it's generally your quarterback. Oh, yeah. So when you have a quarterback that just knows the game, been around for a minute, like he knows how to play, he knows how to win, to me you just got to go with him. I did. I didn't pick Miami super high. I put him at three, I believe it was. Smart. And obviously it was a one-point game. So, yeah. you know, it, yeah. it worked out. But – yeah, that was a lot closer than I thought it would be, in all honesty, yeah. but, you know. That I mean, was a good one. No, Manny Diaz is doing a great job at, at Miami, and I think given some years, you know, continued years of recruiting and stuff, I think they will they will begin to challenge the Clemsons of the world. Right. And I really hope Notre Dame stays in the ACC. You know, that's a that's an interesting three-headed monster right there, those three teams competing in the ACC. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, I think North Carolina is not what we expected. I think uh, my big board at the beginning of the season had North Carolina in, I believe, either the ACC playoff or they were my one dark horse that we were right. allowed. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. How do you – let me ask you a question, just kind of a little side tangent here. Okay. How do you think De'Eric King has played? You know, he comes, he comes over, he transfers in – and, you know, their quarterback controversy has been kind of nuts the oh, yeah. last year, you know, with Tate Martell yeah. and, you know, all that stuff. How do you think he's done? And, and I'll kind of lead that by saying he's playing well. He is a good yeah. quarterback. But I think even Miami fans would say he's not everything that they thought he was. To see that team yeah. struggle against – because here's the thing, right? When you want to enter that upper echelon with right. the Clemsons and the Notre Dames of the world – 
you have to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, you're going to slip up every now and then. You know, last year Georgia loses to a South Carolina. It's yeah. going to happen. But you're beating Tennessee by three touchdowns. You're beating the fool out of Kentucky. You're, you know, you're, you're, you are you're shut out Florida a couple of years. You know, you're 3-1 yeah. and one against your biggest rival. You're beating Auburn. At what point for Miami do you have to – I mean, you, you're supposed to beat these teams handily. Yeah. And I think that starts with De'Aaron King. It does. But, I mean, you know, he's not a world beater. You know what I mean? He's, he's not – I don't feel like he's going to just swoop in and have a Heisman season. But he's going to keep you consistent on the field yeah. and win you some games. Now, granted, if Miami finds that world beater, hey, you know, there it is. And, of course, you know, Tate Martell kind of – I don't know I don't know what the situation there. Obviously, they moved him to tight end kind of, or wide yeah. receiver kind of. Then he opts out. He opts out. And, granted, you know, I know you don't watch it, but I watched QB1. Mm-hmm. I mean, the kid was just highly touted in QB1, yeah. highly touted. And I just don't think he's lived up to his hype as far as that goes. Right. So, you know, I mean, De'Aaron King, I think, is a good quarterback. I mean, I think he knows what he's doing. I think he, he does what he has to do. Yeah. But I just don't think he's going to beat the world for you, and I just think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. I, I mean, and I can see that, too, which I will say, you know, we watched that whole game, and it seemed like every time you blinked, he was getting sacked. Yeah. And it, that's not on him. I mean, don't get me wrong. you got to get rid of the ball. you gotta feel the you got to feel the pressures coming at you. But you got to have an offensive line that can keep you upright for a oh, five-step yeah. drop back and oh, for coming sure. out slinging it. Because the kid, that kid can sling it. For sure. And I'm not taking anything away from Derek King. He is a great quarterback. But I, I think I expected a little more out of Miami this season. Because I, I think they competed against uh, Clemson. Ultimately, they lose that game handily. Right. But in order to take that next step, which I think they are on the cusp, they are – you got to start handling the, you know, the North Carolina State. You can't be down twenty-one there, right? And then you got to come out against Virginia Tech, which you're in Blacksburg. I get that. That's a normally an incredible place to play, you know. But you know, the Inner Sandman and stuff. I would love to be in the oh, stadium yeah. when they do that. Obviously, home field advantage is not what it is this year. But you got to start handling these things. But hey, yeah. a win is a win. It goes down as a W. So credit to Miami. You ready to make some picks? Let's do it. All right. So let's start it off. I got a pretty good one for you here. Let's go. Indiana, Ohio State. Honestly, this was my pick for game day. Mm -hmm. I figured game day would go there because both undefeated teams, who thought Indiana would be undefeated at this point? Honestly, playing some really good football. Ohio State as well, playing really good football, as expected. So one unexpected, one expected. I'll let you pick it first. How you leaning? I mean, it's a playoff implication game, right? Oh, no doubt. Ohio State's already in. Indiana, they're they're number nine. I mean, you know, they're they're – on the outside looking in, they're not right up there with oh, it. Oh, you beat Ohio State. You beat Ohio you, State, you, you're you in. You the house. But you ain't on the outside. Ultimately, Ohio State, dynamic quarterback in Justin Fields. They're just the better team. I mean, I honestly would see Ohio State win this game by two or more scores. I don't I don't think it's like – I don't think it's a blowout by any means, but yeah. I don't see it being super close either. Yeah. Again, we'll preface these picks by saying we, we pick these games – Normally, both you and I make our picks the the Friday night before right. Saturday because we've had time to to watch game film and you know you got to look at injury reports, you got to look at the whole nine yards. So without any of that being said, Indiana is playing really good football. They mm-hmm. are they they have really surprised some people. You know, I kind of put them on upset alert in last week's episode, saying you're going up against Michigan State with nothing to lose, who beat Michigan and Mel Tucker's doing well over there. Be careful. And, hey, hat is off to Indiana. They went out there, thumped the fool out of them, and never looked back. Yeah. I mean, they literally shut them out. So, absolutely well done there. 
But, yeah, you're running into the big dog in Ohio State. Yep. I've got to give Ohio State the nod. So, Ohio State for you, Ohio State for me. And I think you can about lock that one in even on Saturday because we'll yep. probably have to pick it. So, all right, let's go game number two. An interesting game here. Sticking yep. in the Big Ten, two undefeated teams. Obviously, Wisconsin hadn't had enough time to, to actually play all the games as Northwestern has. Right. Northwestern under Pat Fitzgerald playing really well, undefeated here. The uh, the old FPI is telling me Wisconsin wins big. How you feeling on this game? I mean, honestly, at this point, until Wisconsin shows me something different, I got to go Wisconsin. I mean, they absolutely just slaughtered Michigan last week. They look strong. They look big. I don't see it being that much different as Northwestern. Honestly, like I don't I don't think it's a thirty point win, but I mean, yeah. I think they I think they beat Northwestern pretty well. Okay, uh, Pat Fitzgerald has quietly. Comp- like composed a really, really good season right now. Mm-hmm. They play Purdue this week. We had to pick that one. We both okay. went Northwestern. That was the correct pick. They're up 17 in the fourth quarter with nine minutes. Yep. Purdue is now mounting a two-minute drill to tie the football game. So mm-hmm. they, they score 10 unanswered, and they're going for the seven. I think I would have leaned Northwestern if they would have handled Purdue like I thought they would, still got the win, great job. You know, that's what you're supposed to do. And I got to agree with you. Because of that, because of the, you know, the sample pool that I have watched for both teams, even though Wisconsin's is not that great in terms of sample size, right. they looked really dynamic. They are running the ball really well. And I do not think Northwestern's defense, even though under Pat Fitzgerald it is very good, I don't think it can hold up. So give me Wisconsin. Hit yeah. me with a game. What what you thinking? This one this one could be interesting. We've okay. seen both of these teams play close on games they probably should have won well and obviously get blown out at times you didn't think it was gonna happen. But mm-hmm. Tennessee, Auburn. Okay. What do you think? Okay. I like I like that we're picking games. I like that you're throwing them at me, even though playoff implications really aren't here. No. That's a pretty tough game to pick. It is. Tennessee you, you laid that out great. Tennessee at times has looked like they're gonna stop a mud hole in somebody and so has Auburn and then they've also come out and looked like they hadn't played football in a long time. Yeah. Which, you know, that's just, you know, up and down seasons, that's college football. Man. Man. Jared Garantano versus Bo Nix. Woo, you kind of surprised me with that one. Yeah. Honestly, not prepared. Uh, who's the home team? Do you know off top? Auburn's home team. Auburn's home team. You know my rule. 50-50 game, unless there's something crazy out there, I will favor the home team. And also, I think I trust Bo Nix more than I trust Jared Garantano. Yeah. Yeah, give me Bo Nix and the and the old Tiger Eagles on the plains. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make a little title for this game, and some people might not like it, but I'm gonna Ooh, call I it. I can just guess what's fixing to come. I'm gonna call it the game with the inconsistent quarterbacks. That's I mean, that's fair. I, I mean, think I think both fan bases would agree with. You. I mean, Garantano at times has looked great. Bo Nix at times has looked great, and then other times they've completely fallen off the map. Correct. I do think all in all, Bo Nix is the better player and playmaker. Yep. And so, with that being said, along with home field advantage, whatever that may be, I got to give the nod to Auburn here. Agreed. Yeah. So so far, we're we're complete. We're, yeah. we're tit for tat. I yeah. wonder. I wonder if this last game is going to divide the old Bash Brothers C here. Well, let's see. Hit me with it. We'll Where's game out. day going? Game day is going to Bedlam. A great rivalry. We play it every year. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. You want to pick first, or you want to hear mine? Mm, 
Can I go? Go, go. You go. You go. Okay. Everybody knows Oklahoma State is a team that I've that I've watched. I'm a big Chuba Hubbard fan. Mike Gundy has the old mullet has done a really good job there. <laughs> they start off hot, you know. Yep. Spencer Sanders comes in and plays really well, and then the last two or three weeks they've nosed dove. Okay, yep. Oklahoma comes out in their season. Honestly, very lackluster. Surprise a lot of us in their losses, and then they start to look up. Right. So you got one team coming in who has been more consistent in Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. but they're kind of on a downward downward trail. Oklahoma, who has been inconsistent, comes in and they're looking better. Right. Big rivalry game, the old Bedlam game. I think this might surprise some people. Because I'm a big Chuba Hoger fan. Mike Gunny's doing good. Spencer Sanders is going to be great, I believe. Dynamic runner. Great passer. But give me the Sooners. Give me Lincoln Riley and the Sooners in Bedlam. That's a good one. I don't think it's that surprising. Or it's not going to shock that many people. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I agree with you. Hey, but if you asked me to pick this game three oh, weeks yeah. ago. That's true. I mean, you're looking at something like probably 80%, 20% favoring right. Oklahoma State. I think – I don't think. I know. Oklahoma State has the slight advantage on defense. I think defensively they've played better this year oh, than Oklahoma. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Again, difference in quarterback. Spencer Sanders hasn't been awful, but he's not been, you know, just an absolute – Hey, that kid's dynamic. He is uh, dynamic. I'll give it yeah. to you. But I think the other Spencer is just more dynamic. The old Rattler. The old Rattler. Again – QB1 alum. Hey, I love that show. I'll admit yep. to anybody. I like Spencer Rattler in QB1. But the dude has played well for Oklahoma this season. Obviously started out the season as a Heisman hopeful. I don't think that's the case. I do think he will be in New York before he graduates. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think he's going to – I'm not going to say from right now he's going to get it. Yeah. But I think he'll be up on stage. So you think he's the old Lincoln Riley quarterback disciple follows Baker? Yep. I think he'll be the next Oklahoma Heisman winner. Or maybe not Heisman winner, but he'll be the next Oklahoma Heisman finalist. Well, that is the storyline. So Lincoln Riley has had three straight quarterbacks in uh, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and then uh, the transfer, I'm blanking on his name, from Alabama. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, there you go. Jalen Hurts now for, you know, playing playing in the NFL, two of those. Well, all three of them, sorry. And, uh, and you know, Spencer was touted as the next. So, yeah, I could agree. I think you'll see him in New York by the end of his career, either, you know, as a nominee yeah. like Hertz was or an actual winner like yeah. Murray and Mayfield. All right. So, yeah. we're so we're consistent here. Four oh, yeah. for four. The old Bash brothers are sticking together on some picks yep. there. I think we'll have a good Saturday coming up. I think, I think this will be a lot, a lot better weekend yes. of football. I already have three games canceled for this upcoming week. News broke right before we got on here that the Arizona State-Colorado game has yep. already been canceled. Man, the Pac-12's hurting. They are. Well, they are. And but I'm gonna, I want to bring up something before we go. This okay. is not going to be football related. Okay. I but think I know where I you're gotta going. i got to give a shout out here. MV Free – Freddie Freeman started off the year obviously COVID positive, couldn't play a lot, couldn't play the first couple weeks for the Braves, but man, he turned it around. Gold Glover every year, pretty much. The bat turned up this year, and he just absolutely killed it. Congrats to him, the first Brave to win it in 20 years. I mean, hey man, heck of a season. Agreed. Old Chipper passes the torch to him there, 
And, you know, we got to give credit where credit is due. You have been a Freddie Freeman fan for a long time. But you have been hard on Freddie in the playoffs. Oh, 100%. The dude's kind of gone into a shell for the – he's kind of notorious for yeah. that. You know, it is what it is. We've never played playoff baseball. We've never played Major League Baseball, period. Yeah. But he has kind of disappeared in the playoffs. This year really puts the squad turned on his back. On. And yep. he turned it on and so well-deserved. That video of him finding out that he won, surrounded by his friends and family, yeah. was pretty dang awesome. And, yes, yeah. from the Bass Brothers to you, Freddie Freeman – Congratulations! And hey, man, I'm hoping awesome. I'm hoping next fall we're doing a podcast on the Braves. Hopefully, going to so, the old series. Yes. I hope we're I hope we will report to you live from old Truist Park because <laughs> as soon as they open up those doors, we will be back. Yep. We cannot wait. So, yep. congrats, Freddie. All right, so week eleven in the books. Looking to week twelve, a lot of things going to happen. A lot of good games. College football's trending back up. Hopefully, COVID stays at bay. We get to play some of these football games. So. I'm excited to watch. Absolutely. There you go. Where can they find you, Jordan? Oh, man, I got an old Instagram, jharris underscore six. Of course, I'm on Facebook, Jordan Harris. Twitter, same tag as my Instagram. And, you know, now we're, of course, we as a group yep. are on Facebook and Twitter. Yep, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Bash Brothers Sports Podcast. You can listen to the podcast wherever you find podcasts, whether that be Spotify, you know, there's a whole long list there. So wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us there. We are established on Anchor. Um, we appreciate the support and love you guys have shown so Absolutely. far. You can find me at Connor Mason Chandler on Instagram or Connor Chandler on Facebook. We look forward to hearing you guys' thoughts, comments, opinions. Again, if you think one of our takes is trash, please let us know. We will see you guys in the next episode. As always, we are the Bash Brothers signing off. You're...